Here's Pastor Jessica Stand as we get today's broadcast of Way of Grace underway. God has chosen the foolish things in the world. Can I get a foolish sinner in the house? God has chosen the weak things of the world. He's chosen the things that the world despises in order to use them to confound the wise of this world. We call it the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. From saloon doors to donkey doors, our world is full of doors. Today, we want to take a look at a specific door, a door that is indeed Christ. Welcome. This is Way of Grace. Pastor Jessica Stand will continue our survey of John. We're in chapter 9, looking at verses 39 through chapter 10 and verse 10. Message simply called, I am the door. Uh, The public fold of fallen humanity we've taken a look at. The door through which Christ alone enters. The fact that he is the door. The door of revelation for the sheep. And the thieves and robbers can't use this door. It is a very specific door for a very specific reason. We're looking at those specifics once again today. Join us. Here's Pastor Jessica Stand and this broadcast of Way of Grace. If you're going to fight against Jesus, you're a fool. The Bible says, the fool saith in his heart, there is no God. And God came in the flesh, in the person of Jesus, and they rejected him over and over and over again. Did they not? And did not Jesus explicitly in Matthew chapter 3 plainly say six times, you fools and blind, you fools and blind, you fools and blind, you hypocrites, fools and blind, you hypocrites, fools and blind. And here's the words he attached on the front of it. You ready? Woe unto you. Woe unto you, you hypocrites, you fools and blind men. You see how serious the second person of the Godhead was with the rulers? He was just as serious as his father was in the Old Testament, wasn't he? He was just like his father. Why? Because he's the revelation of the invisible God. And whatever the heart of the father is, is the heart of the son. Is that right? So the son wasn't playing games with the rulers, was he? He wasn't, he wasn't justifying them. He didn't play footsies with them. He didn't say, well, you know, saints, you know, they, sometimes they just don't know what they're doing. No, he plainly let us know that these are thieves and robbers and crooks. And he spoke to their face, didn't he? This is what we call, as we're going to see next week. Are you ready? A good shepherd. You are not a good shepherd. If you don't warn people about false religion and false doctrine, and false teaching, and the apostasy that dominates our church, and how men and women twist the scriptures, and distort the gospel, and deny the only Lord Jesus that bought them. You are not a good shepherd. You are not a good shepherd if you just let people go willy-nilly. You are not the good shepherd. That's why Jesus, he didn't give them a break, did he? He stood in their face and let them know, yes, you are blind. Because if you were not blind, you'd know who I am. This is amazing. So not only are they sinful, Romans 3.23 plainly says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's not a just man on the earth that does good and sin is not. And God has a litany of protestations against all false prophets. Anywhere in the Bible you find it. God, hell is reserved its lowest parts for false prophets and false teachers. There are degrees in hell. 
whether you know it or not, you egalitarians, there are degrees in hell. And in hell, the hottest part is hell for men and women who pretend they know God, but in reality deny him because they distort his truth. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying? The lowest parts of hell are reserved for false prophets and false teachers because they cause men and women to stumble and they aid in their own eternal destruction. And that is so unlike God. And as a consequence, Christ lays it out. Here's the last reason for which we know the thieves and robbers do not and cannot enter in. They are violators of what? God's word. See, the key into the front door of the public fold has to be perfect obedience. And if these rulers themselves are denying God's word, they can't be the one entering in. So we read in John chapter uh, 8, verse 37, John 8, 37, where Christ made it very plain. <laughs> Listen, I've told you who I was and you don't want to hear it. And here's the reason why. Because my word does not abide in you. I know that you seek I know that you say you're Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word has no what? My word has no what? No place in you. Look at verse 47. Look at verse 47. John 8, verse 47, Jesus says the same thing. He that is of God does what? And when we say hear God's word, we're not talking about what we're doing in church today. See, what we're doing in church today is being exposed to God's word. When you hear God's word, you follow it as we're about to close with. So I came to hear the word of the Lord today. No, you didn't. You came to be in the presence of the word of God and being in the presence of the word of God. You were exposed to God's mandates and precepts. But until you hear his voice and follow him, you have not heard God's word. Mama and daddy, am I telling the truth? Boy, did you hear me? Y'all remember that? Now, you know, we told them and we know that they were in the presence of what we said. But until they acted in obedience to what we said, we have the right to question. Did you even hear me? I want to show you one more thing about these thieves and robbers. It's in Luke's gospel, chapter 52, which is also in Matthew's gospel, chapter 23. But Luke's gospel is enough. Here's what Jesus said. And this is amazing. Jesus said in Luke's gospel, chapter 11, verse 52, he says, you who are the rulers, you are not entering into the kingdom yourself. Neither are you allowing others who want to enter in to enter in. You have the key of knowledge. You have the key to the kingdom. You have the keys of life, but you won't use them and you won't let anybody else in. This is why God hates you. This is why God hates you. This is why God hates you. Are you ready? This is the key. This book right here is the key. It's the key to Christ who is the door to the sheep. The word of God is the key to Christ who is the door of the sheep. Woe unto you lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. In other words, they did not teach the word of God to the people and show them that the Bible is Christocentric and pointing to Jesus. They took the key away. They took the key away. And they made the book about them. And they made the book about money. And they made the book about prosperity. And they made the book about blessings. And they made the book about us and not God. And as such, they took the key away. 
And men and women are still bound by an ignorance of God because they are ever learning and never coming to the knowledge of the truth. And the truth is in Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Father, sanctify them in thy truth. Thy word is truth. Hear me now. Some people are hearing truth. Others are being sanctified by it. Are you? Are you being sanctified by God's word? Because this is the real key. If you are not under a kind of obligatory ministry that opens the word of God up and shows you Christ so that you can do what we're about to do in the next point, hear his voice, follow him and be led out. You're in the wrong place. Or you may very well be in the right place if you are not Christ's sheep. Remember what Christ said? I am the what? Door. I am the door. I am the door. Go back. Let's deal with our final point today. I am the door. Is that what he said? I love it. The context is clear. He's standing between all these Jewish people. He's standing right in the face of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and the lawyers. Guess who else is there? The sheep of Christ. That motley crew I told you about. The blind man. The disciples. Everybody that was at the Feast of Tabernacle. They're all there. Guess what's taking place? Once again, the light is dividing itself against the darkness. The darkness is on one side. The light is on the other. The Lord Jesus Christ is creating a division. Read John 10. That's what it says. He's dividing and separating as the light does the darkness from the light, the day from the night. Am I making some sense? Are you guys hearing me? This is a bold stance on the part of the one whom we will consider over the next couple of weeks, the good shepherd, the good shepherd, the good shepherd. But before we get there, we've got to have sealed into our hearts that he is the door. If I'm coming out, he's got to come get me. Because I'm in a fold of sin, a fold of darkness, a fold of deception, a fold of blindness, controlled by powers greater than myself. And if God in his person, in his son is coming, he's got to come and get me. He's got to come through the door. Now, when he comes through the door, certain things happen. And I want you to see it. Our fourth point. He leads them all the way out. Do you see that? He leads them. I'm sorry. I want to deal with point number four, the door of revelation for the sheep. In fact, this is where I'm going to stop. I'm going to touch on point five, but here's where I want you to see. In point four, it says a door of what? A door of what? So now will you mark in John's gospel chapter 10, verse three through five. And I call this a door of revelation Because it must be. If we are dealing with an allegory or a metaphor of the sheep, we're actually dealing with real people, are we not? And if we're dealing with them coming out of a fold, coming out of a pen, they're not coming out of a literal pen. They must be coming out of a predicament that's spiritual in nature. Is that true? So for them to come out of a predicament that's spiritual in nature, the one coming to get them must be coming spiritually. He must be coming in a way that is metaphorically true, not literally true. He has to be coming in a methodology and a means by which, watch this, the door of their hearts are opened. Do you hear me? It's called a door of revelation. Verse 3 through 5. 
I got to start at verse two. But he that entered in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the porter opening. You see that? And the sheep do what? Do you see the first thing that occurs? When the door is opened, the first thing that occurs, watch this now, is the sheep hear his voice. Stay with me now. Stay with me. This is critically important right here. The opening of the door by the porter. If you are interested in who the porter is, because he will not open the door for anyone but the shepherd of the sheep. He will not open the door for thieves and robbers. Therefore, they try to climb up some other way. Who is that porter? The Holy Ghost. The Spirit of the living God. The Spirit of God the Father. The one who controls the pen of humanity. All of the masses of the people together. Do you know even though we're lost sinners, God still controls us? Do you know that while we're lost on the hillside of our sinfulness, God still sustains the whole universe? Even though we're lost, we're still lost in the general care of God. He reigns on the just and the unjust. Is that right? God resists us by his spirit as he did in the days of Noah. Remember that? My spirit will not always strive with men. Is God striving with men? Is God still dealing with their conscience and their heart? Does God provide good things for them? Does God deal with their conscience in their everyday life? Yes, he does. But there's only one person that God will allow to enter into the heart of a lost sheep. And that's Christ. When Christ comes, having accomplished eternal redemption, having suffered on the cross, having risen again from the dead, having taken his place at the throne, at the right hand of God the Father, having sent the Holy Ghost, the third person, guess who the porter is? He's the spirit of the living God. And do you know what the porter does? He opens the door of revelation. He opens the door of revelation. Somebody pray right now. He opens the door of revelation. He opens the door of revelation to your heart. He opens the door of revelation to your mind. He opens your mind so you can hear God's voice. He opens your understanding so you can hear Christ's voice. Are you hearing me? That's what the Spirit of God does. And only He can open the door. And He only opens the door for Christ. When He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will take the things of mine and He will show them to you. My sheep hear my voice. Can you imagine it? You're in a pen with all sorts of human beings. A door opens because on that day, God chose to call you out of darkness into His marvelous light. You're among all the masses of the people. And then you hear the shepherd say, you, come, 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 come. Do you hear what I'm saying? You, whatever your name is. And he calls his sheep by name. I want you to see the work. I want you to see the work. Somebody pray. I want you to see the work. Here it is. Verse three, to him the porter opens, the sheep hear his voice. Here it is. And he calls his own sheep by name. Do you see it? First thing that happens is the call. It's a call. It's a call. We call it the gospel call. God calls us by his grace. He calls us through the gospel. It is a calling. Child of God, do you know you're called? 
We are the called according to his purpose. And Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 126, Brethren, you see your calling. Not many of you that are noble, not many wise. God has chosen the base things of the world. Do I have any base people in the house? God has chosen the foolish things in the world. Can I get a foolish sinner in the house? God has chosen the weak things of the world. He's chosen the things that the world despises in order to use them to confound the wise of this world. We call it the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christ works through his under shepherds to preach the gospel and call his sheep. And when he calls them, he doesn't call them in. He calls them out. Is that what he did with the blind man? Is that what he did with the blind man? Did he call him? Did he touch him? Did he command him? Did he call him out? And then he called him out in order to call him in. Do you see it? Look at it again. Look at the text. We're almost done. Look at it. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. I love it. And when he puts forth his own sheep, guess what he does? He goes before them. And the sheep do what? See, this is what I meant by it's not just a matter of hearing. It's obedience. So when the shepherd is allowed to come in by the porter, The porter is the doorkeeper. He comes in and he looks out over the masses of the sheep and he sees his sheep and he begins to call them. They hear his voice and they make their way through the crowd, through the bunch, up to the shepherd. Are you hearing me? And then the shepherd puts them forth. You see that word put forth? Do you see it? That's the same word cast out in 934 when the rulers had cast out the blind man. In other words, the blind man being cast out by the rulers was God's sovereign providence to pull him out in order to bring him in. Do you see it? In other words, God is sovereign over you and I being removed out of situations that would harm us in order to bring us into a place where we're with Christ. Do you hear it? Do you hear it? Do you see it? I'm telling you what salvation is. I'm telling you what salvation is. Not religion, salvation. Salvation is profoundly personal. So even though the preaching is taking place publicly, the Spirit of God is working personally and privately in the heart. You are not coming from your pews to the altar. You're coming from your heart to the throne of God in glory. And there, there, God is bringing you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Am I making some sense? That's what the text is teaching. That's what the text is teaching. He says, and when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep do what? They follow him for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not what? But will what? Flee from him for they know not the voice of the stranger. I'm going to shut it down right here with our fifth point. I'm just going to highlight it and then we're coming back next week. And we're going deeper into the same text and show you something else. Because this is about your salvation. It's not about coming to church. It's about coming to Christ. And it's about Christ coming to you. And it's about you being affirmed in your calling and election by being able to hear his voice. The text tells us that he calls his sheep and he goes before them. And they do what? Follow him. Point number five says he leads them all the way what? Will you pull up Numbers chapter 27, verse 16 and 17? 
I'm going to close here. And you guys remember what I told you? Whenever Jesus taught, whenever he preached, the premise of his proclamation was always the Old Testament. You guys remember that? And do you know that what we have practiced is to demonstrate that by taking you to the Old Testament text? And I'm going to show you an Old Testament text that affirms what Jesus is saying right here to demonstrate that he is the only true shepherd of the sheep. This is Numbers chapter 27. And I want you to start back at verse 14. You don't know this account because you don't read your Bibles. So I'm going to tell it to you. This is the time when Moses was about to die. He had sinned against the Lord by smiting the rock twice. And God said, you can't come in. Now Moses knew then that if he dies, because Aaron had died and Miriam had died, that these people in the wilderness would be like sheep without a shepherd. So God and Moses conspired to raise up another man. Watch this now. To lead them in. Because Moses led them out. But it was another man that would lead them where? In. And his name would be what? For you have rebelled against my commandment in the desert of Zin, in the strife of the congregation, to sanctify me at the water before their eyes. That is the waters of Meribah and Kadesh in the wilderness of sin. This is God reminding Moses. Sometimes God does that. And Moses spake unto the Lord saying this. Look at verse 16. Here it is. Let the Lord, the Lord God of the spirits of what? Set a man over the congregation. What's he about to do? Raise up another shepherd. Why? Because without a shepherd, we're lost. Why? Because without a shepherd, we're just stranded in the wilderness. Remember, God has already done part one. What is that? Bring us out. But he also has to do what? Take us in. Look at verse 17. Here it is. 27, 17, which may go out before them. Ah, do you see the shepherd language? What does the text say in John chapter 10? He calls them, puts them forth, and he goes before them. What does that mean? The role of a shepherd is to lead. The role of the sheep is to what? Follow. Joshua here is playing the shepherd paradigm, which may go out before them, and which may go in before them, and which may lead them what? And which may bring them what? That the congregation of the Lord be not as sheep without a shepherd. Do you see how the Lord took this verse and applied it to himself in John chapter 10? Do you know why? Because he is the good shepherd and the good shepherd alone enters into the door. And when he enters into the door to call out his sheep, the way you know him as the shepherd You take your Bible and you go, what does it say about Jesus? 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 That's what it said about Jesus. It said he was coming. He came. It said he's here. He did his work. It said he left. He rose again. He went to glory. And it says he's coming again. What says it? This is what says it. And this is how the sheep know that Jesus is the Savior. Without this book, you don't know. My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. So you try to do Jesus without this book, you're going to be lost. Amen. That'll conclude our time today here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan, the Ministry of Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. 
We thank you for spending time with us. Trust that as you do walk through God's Word with us, you're growing in grace, growing in your relationship with Christ and your love and adoration to Him. As we conclude our time together today, we would like to remind you that if today's broadcast was impact to you, maybe it really blessed you, or maybe you've got a question or two that to listen to this program again would help out. Well, we have CDs available when you call or write to us, or if you wish, simply stop by our website and download the audio file from the website. Our web address is grace-bible.com. Rather simple. Again, grace-bible.com. Or contact us by phone at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, the address is 22768 Main Street. And that's here in Hayward. The zip code is 94541. Again, that's 22768. Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541 is the zip code. We ask for $5 per CD, or again, as mentioned, simply stop by our website and you can listen to the message in its entirety or download the MP3 version, grace-bible.com. One final note, we're inviting you to join us for worship. Sunday services are at 11 a.m. with Sunday school at 10 a.m. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study at 8 p.m. We'd love for you to stop by and join us for worship, especially if you're not involved in a fellowship at this time. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study. We have folks from all kinds of churches all over the Bay Area joining us at 8 p.m. It's a marvelous time of studying God's Word together as a company of believers. Again, For directions, simply go to grace-bible.com or call 510-886-9782. Thank you for joining us today, and until next time, God bless.